Welcome to Trial Better's year-end wrap-up series. To celebrate the changes coming in the industry in 2020 and beyond, and reflect on what we experienced in 2019, Trial Better's invited ERT experts to join our host, Jason Egger, to share their thoughts and insights. On this episode, Jason's joined by ERT imaging expert Amit Vasanji. Make sure to stay tuned in to Trial Better. Hi, everyone. I'm Jason Ager, host of ERT's Trial Better podcast. Today, I'd like to welcome you to another one of our 2019 wrap-up series editions. Over the next few episodes, we'll be joined by my ERT colleagues as they share the reflections of the industry in 2019 and also what trends to look forward to in the coming years. Today, we're joined by Amit Visanji, Chief Technology Officer for ERT's Imaging Franchise. Amit, welcome back to Trial Better. Thanks, Jason. So, Amit, why don't you tell us and tell our listeners a little bit about the trends you've seen in imaging in 2019? So one of the biggest trends we're seeing is more and more trials requiring imaging as a primary endpoint. It used to be pretty common for oncology studies to, be, to have endpoints that were uh, designated as primary endpoints, looking at time point responses for various patients at different time points along, uh, along the study. Now we're seeing a lot more other indications like uh, enlargement of spleen, polycystic kidney disease that all have primary endpoints. Great. So uh, you've seen that in 2019. Why don't you tell us a little bit further about what do you see in 2020 and beyond? I think I see a push for more cyclist trials, effectively using subjects that are away from a primary site and then have to travel to take their images. So for example, most of our studies use CT scanners or MRI scanners. A lot of these remote areas don't have access to those. And so subjects would have to travel long distances to get to a particular site. So we're seeing a more of a push to do imaging at local areas around where the subject resides and have those images uploaded to a platform for a centralized assessment. Our platform itself actually enables that. We don't actually require a site to do any uploads. We can have a local center actually do an upload. And what allows us to do that is also something that we, we term as sort of a centralized QC. So we don't actually care where a subject's images come from. As long as they follow the minimum requirements that we need for a centralized assessment, we can do a rapid QC and effectively qualify those pieces of equipment. This effectively increases your number of equipment that you get at, that you have to qualify for these trials. So you may have 50 sites for a given trial, but if you're allowing all of these non-centralized sites to submit images, you could easily get up to 300 pieces of equipment from a, a trial that originally only started with 50 sites. Amit, so another trend that we've seen is the use of AI in clinical trials. Could you tell the listeners, how do we use it in imaging? So yeah, it's a good question. So I talked a little bit about QC being done for multiple pieces of equipment, even in remote areas. That requires a lot of people to actually look at images and determine whether they actually are appropriate for a centralized assessment and meet the minimum requirements. We can actually insert in a AI-driven QC process. So effectively, based on the historical information that we have gathered over the last 10, 15 years about whether a specific image is appropriate, we actually ask a bunch of questions about whether uh, thickness of the slices is, is good, if, the, if there's any noise or if there's any artifact. 
we're gathering all of that information. We can actually now train an algorithm to, or an AI algorithm to effectively decide whether an image is appropriate or not. We're also actually using it to determine or pre-segment images, looking at where the boundaries of lesions are, where the boundaries of certain organs are, and then present it to a reader so that they don't actually have to manually go in and actually define those boundaries. It not only reduces the variability, but it also gives you additional information that you may not have gotten from simplified criteria that are driven mainly to simplify the reader process and drive down costs. So if you have an AI algorithm that does that automatically, it actually improves the efficiency and improves the amount of data that you gather from each of these scans. And these scans are pretty expensive. I mean, you're talking about a thousand to two thousand dollars a scan. You want to gather as much information as you can from the actual subject scan, especially if you're giving the patient a radiation dose from a CT, for example. So that, that sort of image analysis or AI-driven analysis is what we term deep learning. So it's looking in, at individual pixels within an image, gathering information about its neighbors and all of the anatomical structures that are near it, and then it basically grows globally and determines what that specific endpoint looks like, whether it's the size of something or the texture of something or the intensity of something. Great, Ahmed, thank you very much. Thanks for sharing those thoughts and where imaging is heading in the future. One thing that we have heard from all of our guests is that it's all about improving the patient experience. And I think you told us a little bit more about that today. So to our listeners, thanks for checking out again, Trial Better. Stay tuned for the next installment of our 2019 wrap-up series. And be sure to get in touch with us with any feedback at trialbetter at ERT.com. Thanks again to Jason and Amit for helping us wrap up 2019 and look ahead to the future of imaging in 2020 and beyond. Please remember to comment, rate, or review Trial Better on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast channel. You can also reach out to us at trialbetter at ERT.com. We'll see you in 2020 with new Trial Better episodes being released monthly. Happy Holidays! Happy Holidays!